Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have today to gather in your presence and to worship you. We pray, God, today that your Holy Spirit would be strong among us today, that we would sense and feel your presence here in the sanctuary and wherever we're listening from. We pray that the Holy Spirit would come and empower us, would come and encourage us, would come strengthen us, would come and challenge us today and make us more like uh, your son, Jesus. We pray, Father, that you would have your way. We pray, God, that you would touch us as uh, musicians today and singers and those in the sound room. We pray, God, for the preaching of your word this morning, uh, that it will go forward and empower and authority, and it will find a, a good lodging place in the hearts of, of us who would hear it today. And so, God, I pray that you will be with your people uh, wherever they're listening from. And, Lord, I pray that nothing of the enemy would hinder uh, that which you want to accomplish today. I pray, Father, that you would remove all distractions and that our attention would be solely set upon you today. For you are worthy of all of our praise and all of our worship. And we want to give you the glory that you deserve today. So, God, have your way. We ask these things in your name. And everyone said, Amen. We want to welcome you and uh, to our service this morning here at Emmanuel Pentecostal Church. And we trust and pray today that this service uh, would indeed be a blessing to you and that you would sense and feel God's presence uh, in your home or in your car or wherever you may be listening from. Uh, we challenge you to enter in and to worship along with us today and invite God's Holy Spirit uh, to be with you uh, today. I'm going to just ask you to take a moment to share this service. Maybe there's someone out there today that's uh, seeking a service or seeking to find this particular service. And so maybe by you sharing it, it uh, would be a means of them finding it. So just take a moment to do that today. Uh, we want to thank each of our musicians and our singers and those in the sound room for coming out today and making this service possible. As you know and we know that this would not be possible without them, so we indeed uh, appreciate them uh, today. Uh, just uh, one announcement, that is that our Bible study and prayer meeting will be happening this Tuesday uh, right here on our Facebook page 
Uh, so trust you will join in with us again on Tuesday night. Uh, we're going to worship the Lord this morning, and I trust you will do the same. Uh, sing along, lift your hands, clap along. The words will be on the screen. And just invite God's presence uh, to fill you and be among you uh, where you are today. So let's worship the Lord together as we sing together this morning. Oh, I have found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. He's my strong and mighty time. I have all for him forsaken and all my idols torn. From my heart and now he keeps me by his side. Though all the world forsake me and Satan takes me sore.
all of our sins are washed away that we have hope today thank you Lord for your sacrifice we give you all the glory and all the praise today for without what you accomplished we would never have what we have we would never have hope thank you Jesus we want to worship you and praise you today and give you all the glory that you deserve In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Let's sing that again. In the darkness we were waiting without 
we sing because he lives just a moment brother Jonathan Andrews is going to lead us in prayer for the prayer requests that we have we have a number of prayer requests that have been called in and have been asked to pray for we have an urgent unspoken prayer request that has been phoned into the church we're remembering Douglas Tolk the long-term care not very well this morning remembering his wife Inez and family today we're remembering as well Aunt Zelma McKay in the long-term care as well. Not feeling well this morning. Let's pray for her and her family as well. Aunt Margie Ball, who's in the hospital. God would just minister to her. Sister Darlene Rumbold, who's back home after surgery in St. John's. We're remembering Laurie Ann Sparks, who's in St. John's taking treatment. We have an urgent family need that has been phoned in and asked to pray for. We're remembering Judy Pierce recuperating from surgery. God would minister to her to Brother Phil Galton. We're remembering Daniel Parsons and Lloyd Sims. Pastor Myrtle Angel is in need of a touch of God this morning upon her body. And Lavinia Parsons and as well. We have a marital situation that we've been asked to pray for that is in a desperate need of a miracle at this moment. But we know that we serve a God of the impossible. And all these people, some of you now, if you have a need and you're watching us online, you have a need, just put the praying hands there so we'll see it. And in a moment, Brother Jonathan Andrews is going to lead us in prayer for all of these requests. Let's sing together, shall we? Because he lives, I can face the
today, Lord Father, for this opportunity that we have to gather, Lord God, even through uh, sitting at home, Lord God, or wherever we, wherever we may be today, Lord Father, wherever we may find ourselves gathering, listening uh, to this worship this morning, Lord God, and preparing our hearts for the word today, Lord Jesus. And Lord Father, I pray right now for the uh, prayer request, Lord Jesus, that was mentioned here this morning, Lord God. Lord Father, you know each and every need, Lord God, before it's even mentioned, Lord God, you know what tomorrow holds, Lord Father. Lord God, you see all these prayer requests that is mentioned before you today, Lord Father. I pray, Lord God, that you would meet each and every need, Lord Father, according to your will, Lord God. Lord Father, I pray today, Lord God, for those who may be watching online, Lord, today. Lord Father, they may be seeking for something more, Lord God. And Lord Father, this is the only opportunity that they may hear from you, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I pray that our hearts will be softened today, Lord God, as we listen to the word today, Lord Jesus. I pray for the lost and the hurting in our community today, Lord God, in our surrounding towns, Lord Father, in this area, Lord God, and on our island today, Lord Jesus. I pray for those, Lord God, who may be shut in, Lord God, today, those who may not get out, Lord Jesus, because fear may have gripped them, Lord Father. But Lord God, I pray that you will bring them peace and compassion, Lord Father. I pray that you will bring them peace within their hearts today, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I pray as the pastor would bring forth the word today, Lord God. I pray that it would do, uh, it would bring meat into our soul, Lord God. And I pray that we would take it, Lord God, and we may apply it to our hearts, Lord God. Lord Father, you have called us to go out, Lord God, and bring gospel to the, to the lost, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would uh, present opportunities this week, Lord Father, for us today, Lord God, that we may share the gospel and share of who you are, Lord God, through our actions, Lord God, through our compassion, Lord God. Lord Father, may we may go out and be your hands and feet extended, Lord Jesus. We may love on others, Lord God. And Lord God, that they may not see um, a religion in us, Lord God, that they may not see uh, a name or a title over us, Lord God, that they may see you, Jesus, a heart full of compassion and love for the lost, Lord God, and a heart of compassion for those around us, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I pray that you will just be with us, Lord God, that our worship may be acceptable to you today, Lord God. We bring praise and worship to you, Lord Father, for you are worthy, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that you just be with us the remainder of this service, Lord Jesus. For you are worthy, and we love you, Lord God. In your precious and holy name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, my dear brother, for that prayer today. Our scripture reading today is found in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. We're reading Genesis here, chapter 32. And we're also reading some verses in chapter 33. Genesis chapter 32, and we're beginning to read at the 24th verse. It says here, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man touched, touched him, the man saw that he could not overtake him. He touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched, as he wrestled. Then the man said to him, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name will be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men, and you have prevailed, meaning overcome. Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray you, what is your name? And he said, Wherefore it is thou that asked after my name? 
and he blessed him there. Then I want us to turn down to chapter 33, verse 1. Jacob lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau came with him 400 men, and he divided the children unto Leah and unto Rachel and unto his two handmaidens, his maidservants. He put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. And he himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he came near to his brother. And Esau ran to meet him, embraced him, fell on his neck, kissed him, and uh, they wept. title of the message this morning is An Encounter with God. An Encounter with God. Our text verses, verse 24 to verse 26. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of the thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, I will not let go until the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let go unless you bless me. An encounter with God. We are living in a changing hour and a changing generation. There is a vacuum in the hearts of men and women. And men and women are trying to fill this vacuum with all kinds of things. Humanistic efforts are failing. A pluralistic society is failing. Science, medicine, education, all of it still leaves a void in the hearts of people. Because the fact of the matter is, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 63, and he says, I am running hard after God. The psalmist David, who knew everything that this world could offer, from the palace and its wealth and its glory, still recognized he needed a divine relationship with God. As Brother Jonathan prayed, he said, Lord, may they not see religion. Today we are not one bit religious. I have said it hundreds of times, and I say it again this morning. We are not religious people. We are righteous people by the blood of Jesus Christ who have a relationship with the Son of God. That makes the difference. An encounter with God. One preacher said the burial of man's glory is the birth of God's glory. People today need to have a divine encounter with God. In Exodus chapter 3 in our Old Testament, we read about the burning bush. Moses had an encounter with God. In Judges chapter 16, Samson had an encounter again with God as he laid his two hands upon the pillars and said, Oh God, one more time. And he had an encounter with God. Psalms chapter 51, David in the brokenness of his adultery and the murder of the mistress that he was having the affair with. Now we see in the brokenness of this moment, he cries out and he says, I need you. Oh, cleanse me, oh God and is remembered as a man after God's own heart. 
In John chapter 4, we see a woman at a well who has an encounter with God and goes from a Samaritan mistress to a Samaritan missionary. Acts chapter 2, in the upper room, Peter had an encounter with God. Peter, who was a coward, now became Peter, the bold preacher. We need an encounter with God. In our text today, Jacob was alone and Jacob was frightened. Maybe you're listening to me this morning and you're like Jacob. You're alone and you're frightened. You don't have the answers for today, not even for tomorrow. Twenty years before this event that I read in the Scriptures, Jacob had met the Lord when he was alone at Bethel. And now God graciously came to him again in his hour of need. I want to serve notice today. We are not alone. God will meet us where we are. We have to lift up our voices in praise to him today and in prayer. Jacob had spent most of his adult life wrestling with people. He wrestled with Esau. He wrestled with Isaac. He wrestled with Laban. He wrestled with his wife. And now he wrestles with God. At Bethel, God had promised to bless Jacob. And from a material point of view, the promise was fulfilled. For Jacob had become a wealthy man. But hear me, you can have the wealth of the known world. But if you don't be wealthy in your soul, you are poor and you are wretched. But once the righteousness of God is imputed upon us, we become people of great wealth. You see, there's more to the blessing of God than flocks, herds, and servants. There's also the matter of godly character and spiritual influence. Jacob discovered that he had spent his life fighting God and resisting his will for his life. And the only way to victory was through surrender and total surrender. A.W. Tozer said, The Lord cannot fully bless a man until he has first conquered him. There is no doubt there will be a change in an individual when they have an encounter with God. That day as Jacob had an encounter with the supernatural, he would be forever changed. The change would affect all of his life and it would affect his family. Let's look at the change that came with this encounter with God. Number one, it changed his walk. Verse 25, he wrestled with this man we believe to be the angel, an angel of the Lord. Here we see that he's really his hip came out of joint and it changed his walk. Everyone who looked at Jacob would have noticed a difference in his walk. The Bible says when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of his hip so that it was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. So really his hip comes out of joint. People that would have seen him at that moment would have said, he's walking different. What has happened to this man? His walk changed because he had a divine encounter with God. Let me remind us today that once we have a divine encounter with God, there will be a change in our walk. And men and women will know there has been a difference in our walk. How do you know this, Pastor? Well, let me take you to the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of the world. 
according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Colossians chapter 3, verses 7 to verse 10. In the which you also walked sometime, when you lived in them, but now you put off all these, you put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication from out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. First John chapter 2. It says here, he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk as he walks. First Peter chapter 4, for you have spent enough time in the past doing what the pagans do, living in debauchery, in lust, in drunkenness, in orgies, in carousing, and detestable idolatry. You see, after we have an encounter with God, it changes our walk. It changes who we are because we are no longer who we were and it is noticeable. I asked the question today, can people look at your walk and say you have had an encounter with God? I told this story here in Deer Lake before, but I read the story of a little woman that was in the Pentecostal church Sunday night and she got a little blessed. But as she was leaving the church with her purse under her arm, a robber came and he grabbed her purse. He took one look at her face and he threw the purse back at her. He said, here, take it. Looks like you've been robbed already. A lot of times that's just how it is. Our walk does not demonstrate what we talk. Once we have a divine encounter with God, it changes our countenance. When we pastored in Bishop's Falls some years ago, I remember one Sunday morning I had been visiting a couple that were backsliders of many, many years, and they started coming back out to church. I remember one Sunday morning after I preached the message, when I looked down, this gentleman, he walked out of his seat, walked down to the altar, and was saved. Of course, he was afraid somebody was going to tell his wife before he got home to tell her. So he rushed out of the church. She was cooking dinner. He wanted to get back home to tell her. When he got in the house, walked through the kitchen, she took look, one look at him and she said, you got saved this morning. He said, who called you? She said, nobody called me. He said, how did you know? She said, you look different when you walked up over the steps. Once we have an encounter with God and a walk with God, it changes our direction, it changes our thoughts, it changes everything about us. We're no longer critical, we're no longer carnal, we're no longer unsubmissive, we're no longer unkind, but our walk changes and people see that we have been transformed by the power of God. An encounter with God changes our walks. Today, as we look around this world, if there was ever a time we needed to display to a hurting, broken world that once you start walking with Jesus, there's a change. Oh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 2 to 3. Paul says, but having renounced 
the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if this gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So once we have a divine encounter with God, there is a change in our walk. We do not compromise, but we stand in integrity and we stand in the majesty of God and declare we've had an encounter with God and our walk has changed once and for all. So not only did it change his, his walk, secondly, it changed his name. Genesis chapter 32, And he said unto him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name will no longer be called Jacob. But from this moment onward, your name is going to be called Israel. For as a prince, you have power with God and with men, and you have prevailed. More than anything else, Jacob wanted the blessing of the Lord on his life. And for this holy desire, he's to be commended. I believe that the desire of God today is that he would bless his children and divine favor that was upon the apostles can be upon the church of God today. Oh, he changed his name. As far as the Genesis record is concerned, the last time Jacob was asked this question, he told a lie. But now in honesty and sincerity, he says, my name is Jacob. Before his father asked, who are you, my son? And Jacob said, I am Esau, your firstborn. Once we have an encounter with God, he went from lying to his father to admitting to his heavenly father who I am and what I need today. The Lord didn't ask the question in order to get information because he knew Jacob's name. And Jacob had a reputation of being a rascal. When he asked him, what is your name? He really meant, are you going to continue living up to your name? Are you going to continue deceiving yourself? Continue to deceiving others? Or will you admit who you are and what you need in your life today? In the Bible, receiving a new name signifies making a new beginning. And this was Jacob's opportunity to make a fresh start in life. Once we have an encounter with God, there's a change in our names. What do you mean, Pastor? I once was an alien. Now I'm a citizen. I once was an outcast. Now I'm an heir. I once was corrupt but now I am pure. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. I once was poor, but now I'm rich. I once was a child of the devil, but now I'm a child of God. I once was a liar, but now I'm honest. I once was a sinner, but now I'm a saint. I was once bound for hell. Yes, bound for hell, but now I'm bound for heaven. I'm bound for the land of the pure and the holy. I'm bound for the place where the righteousness of God shall be revealed. Can God change your name? Indeed he can. Many people have tried to legally change their name. Some people have had names they didn't like. I've had people over the years and I've helped them change their names. 
They've come and they've said, Pastor, I need a copy of our dedication certificate. Would you sign and, and uh, confirm that that is what the pastor christened me as? And I've signed it. Sometimes they've had other documentation. Pastor, I don't like my name. I'm changing my first name to my second name legally. Would you sign this piece of paper? Well, they can change it. There's a process to follow. But I'm glad to tell you that heaven changed my name when I was a boy of five years of age in a Sunday school open session in Clark's Beach, Newfoundland after a preacher shared on the flannel board what it meant to have a changed heart. At that moment, my name changed. I was born a sinner, but now I became a saint. I was shapen in iniquity, but the blessings of God were mine. Not only were they mine, but I was a joint heir with Jesus. Therefore, the changing of the name. What's your name? Well, I love it when I hear my boys say, Dad. I love it when I hear my wife say, I hear my wife say my love or honey. I'm known by many as Pastor White for 30 years. Very few times do I hear my name Jeff. But when I hear Jeffrey from my wife, I know I'm in trouble. But here I am. The name is important. But once our name is changed, we have a divine encounter with God. Genesis chapter 17, verses 4 to 5. As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and thou shalt be a father to many nations. Neither shall you be called Abraham, but thy, na Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For you're a father of many nations, and I have made you. Numbers chapter 13, 16. These are the names of the men Moses sent to explore the land. Moses gave Hosea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. The name Jacob means schemer and deceiver, one seeking for his own gain and hurts others in the process. The name Israel means to struggle or God strives or let God rule. So in verse 28, Jacob had gained power because he prevailed. He lost the battle, but he won the victory. G. Campbell Morgan called Jacob's experience the crippling that crowns and interpret Israel as a man God mastered or a God mastered man. For you and I today, our names have been changed. Like Saul who was a murderer, a blasphemer, a hater of God, was now Paul the missionary, Paul the soul winner, Paul the writer of God's words. We were sinners, now saints, but we have been changed. Ephesians 2 and 19, we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of God and the members of the household of God. We have a changed name. What does an encounter with God does? It changes our walk as we see here in this scripture. It certainly changes our name. And thirdly, it changes our relationships. Genesis 33 and verse 4. And Esau ran to meet him. Let's go back to the scriptures. We see the story of two boys. Esau was older. And according to the culture of the day, Esau would receive the blessing of the firstborn, the right of the firstborn by the blessing of his father. Now his father was old, his eyesight had dimmed, and he wasn't well. His mother seemed to favor Jacob over Esau. So she knew Esau was gone away. So she helped her son plan this scheme. Esau was a hairy man, Jacob wasn't. 
So they killed an animal and they put the animal's fur on the arms of Jacob so that it would disguise really who he was and to steal the birthright. Jacob goes into his aged father. Now I got a twin of boys. They're 23 years old. They look a lot alike. And they pulled a few tricks on their father over the years. And they still do sometimes. And I can just imagine, here I am, my eyesight is gone. I'm not able to see very well. My boys talk alike. They sound alike. So no doubt Esau and Jacob sounded alike. And they ca he came in. He deceived his father. His father then gave him the birthright. After the birthright was given to Jacob, Esau comes in, recognizes the scheme that had happened, and Jacob runs for his life. He realizes he's stolen the birthright, he's stolen the blessing, and now he's on the run from his brother. His brother and his followers will certainly kill him. If you're living with broken relationships today, some of you are listening to me, and I've had many over the years, parents who've said, Pastor, it's sad, but I don't talk to my children. They don't talk to me. I've had children tell me over the years, I'm in a broken relationship with my mother, with my father. We haven't spoken in years. I've had brothers say, Pastor, we live in the same garden, but we're not on speaking terms. There is a broken relationship. There are broken relationships all around us. But I want to tell you this right now. Once a man or a woman, a boy or a girl has a divine encounter with God, it'll change their name, it'll change their walk, and it'll change their relationships. Jacob had spent 20 years with his uncle Laban. During this time, he probably reflected on Esau's threats on his life many times. At this time, the reality of the threat was nearer than it had ever been before. There seems no doubt that Jacob was afraid. He had his family divided into two companies. If Esau and his man killed this group, they would be exterminated. Esau had 400 men with him. Jacob assumed, assumed Esau was bent on revenge. But Jacob went alone to face Esau, leaving his two family groups behind in a safe distance. What he didn't realize was he had had a divine encounter with God. And once he had a divine encounter with God, God was already beginning to work behind the scenes on the heart of Esau. And Esau, who at one time had been bent on revenge, his heart was now softened towards his brother. And there was going to be reconciliation within moments. Oh, what a change that'll happen. You see, there was a, there was a difference Jacob, for he had experienced confrontation with God the night before. He knew that he had no choice but to meet his brother face to face. And he didn't realize at that moment that the work had already been done. Earlier, Jacob and Esau were only concerned with getting the birthright. They were only concerned with the material wealth it provided. They were focused on earth and not on heaven. Because God dealt with both of these brothers, they were no longer greedy. Jacob willingly gave of his flocks to his brothers. Esau did not want Jacob's herds. He only took them because Jacob insisted. After Jacob had an encounter, he was able to have a restored relationship with his brother. I say today, whatever relationships are broken in your life, you firstly need to mend your relationship with your, with your heavenly father and mend your relationship and commit your family and your relationships to him. When we have an encounter with the Lord, all other relationships fall into place. Everything falls into place. Some of you are listening to me. You're having marital discord. I want to tell you there is hope for your home. 
There's hope for your marriage. How does it happen? It happens with an encounter with God. Something like the poor woman. She went to a women's retreat, and the speaker was up, and she was saying to the, to the women, she was saying, none of you women here want to mother your husbands. You don't want to mother your husbands. When she saw this lady down the back waving her hand as fast as she could, she looked at the lady. She said, ma'am, you really don't want to mother your husband, do you? Oh, sorry, she said, I thought you said smother him. I really like to smother him. Well, there's a lot of broken relationships today, but I want to tell you this, regardless how bad you might think your marriage is, how confused you might think your children are, you may feel your parents have abandoned you. You may feel there are broken relationships with your siblings and your family. Well, the same God that met Jacob and transformed his heart from being a liar to a man of truth can change your life. The same God who changed the heart of Esau, bent on destruction, one who wanted to be restored, God can do it for you. I remember one assembly that we pastored Without saying the name, a lady came to faith in Christ. She was up in years, had never been saved before, started attending our church. I was visiting her, and she gave her life to the Lord. Shortly after our visits, and I baptized her in water, I visited her one day, and tears ran down over her face. She said, Pastor, I'm saved. I, I feel the peace of God. My life is transformed, but there's a problem. I've heard lots of that over the years, and I've said, no big deal, no big deal. We're going to work through this. What is it? She says, Pastor, because of my sinful past, because of my broken relationship with my husband, because I left my husband, my daughter has not spoken to me for many, many years. She will not accept my cards. She returns my parcels, and now I'm saved. I realize I have to mend this broken relationship, but she said, it's never going to happen. I said, oh, yes, it is. You have had an encounter with Jesus Christ. This, this daughter of yours is going to see a transformation of grace in your walk. She's going to see a transformation in your name, and she's going to realize you're not the same mother she had 25 years ago. Well, we prayed together. We committed our relationships to God together. And I remember the day when I visited her, and she said, Pastor, you'll never believe what happened. I said, yes, I do believe what happened. She said, my daughter is coming to visit me. From that moment on, their relationship that had been broken was restored. And I heard her say many times before she died, Pastor, it was nothing else, only God, that was able to change that broken relationship, my encounter with God. You see, Jacob had this encounter, a restored brother. Let us not be fooled. We cannot have a wrong relationship with the Lord and a right relationship with others. We need an encounter with the Lord, and our relationships will fall into place. The Holy Spirit will direct us, and we need to start depending on Him. That is the answer today. As we bring this to a close, the musicians will return. Jacob needed an encounter with God. Jacob's life had been spinning out of control. He was known as a deceiver, as a liar. He was running from his brother. He was estranged from his family. His father died knowing that his son had lied to him. If he failed to meet the problem, 
do something about it, it would have negative effects for the rest of his life. But Jacob won the victory because he stayed on the solid spiritual ground through his struggle. You're struggling right now. Don't give up. Don't give in. God is on the throne and God is not taken by surprise today. God knows exactly where you are. This man, Jacob, won the victory. He asserted God's lordship over his life. He claimed the promises of God given to him at Bethel and Haran. He rested his future on the fidelity and, and the validness of God's faithfulness to fulfill them. He stated his needs. He pleaded for help. And with determination, he held on for the blessing. We see that God comes to the aid of Jacob. And after he has an encounter with the Lord, everything changes. There's a change in his walk. There's a change in his name. There's a change in his relationships. And there can be for you today. The fact is that we can all try all kinds of man-made things, but it's going to fail. The only thing that will remain forever is the word of the Lord. You see, Jacob was a man whose resources were not enough. They were not enough. Jacob was a man alone with God. And Jacob was a man that would not be denied. Once again, Jacob gave a special name to this place, which means the face of God. He thought that seeing God's face would bring death, but it actually brought new life. It was the dawning of a new day for Jacob. He had a new name, a new walk, a new relationship. And God was in charge of his life because he submitted to the lordship that God had for him. I don't know about you, but I need him more than I've ever needed him before. I need him and I need an encounter with God. You're listening to me right now and you say, Pastor, I need an encounter with God. Well, he's as close as the mention of your name. Don't give up. Don't give in. He's there and he will sustain you. Let's sing together and will you pray along with us as we sing. Lord, I come. I confess. Now in me, I find my rest. Without
You've been listening to this service. You say, Pastor, I recognize I need an encounter with God. I want my walk changed. I want my name changed. I want my relationships changed. Maybe you're sitting in your home and you say, how does it happen? Do I have to join the Pentecostal church in Deer Lake? No, you don't. Pastor, does it mean I have to give certain amounts of money to be saved? No, you don't. Pastor, do I have to receive the Holy Communion? No, you don't. Do I have to be baptized as a baby? No, you don't. Do I have to be baptized as an adult? No, you don't. But hear me. There's only one way, and that is through Jesus Christ. Then, once you come to Jesus Christ, you will feed the hungry, help the poor, support the church, be baptized in water, receive the Lord's Supper, become a church member, but right now, none of that will make a difference in your life. Some of you are saying, Pastor, you're awful old-fashioned. That, that's not how it's done today. Well, the Bible tells me there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one, no one comes to the Father but through Jesus. So the only people that will meet him are those that are prepared to meet him. Therefore, if you'd like a relationship with him, why don't you pray with me? Say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I acknowledge you, the Lord of my life. I acknowledge you as the one risen from the dead. Be my Savior in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, would you please let us know so we can help you and pray with you. We're going to sing I Need You, but we're going to sing the old version. If we can, Pastor Jarrett, I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. If we're a little off tune, you can blame it on me because they didn't practice this one before. But we're going to sing it together. After we do, Brother Paul Curtis is going to lead us to the Lord in prayer. Pray God's blessing upon us. I do want to say a special thank you to our congregation. I know this morning there were hundreds of services online and on television that you could have watched, but I want to thank our congregation for faithfully still supporting your local church 
And we want to say thank you from the depths of our hearts for that today, that you're watching us, praying for us, and continuing to support the Deer Lake ministry through your tithes and offerings. God bless you. Let's sing this, and then Brother Paul Curtis will lead us to the Lord in prayer. before Brother Paul leads us in prayer, we thank all those that have been involved today. These worship leaders in our sound room, this is all volunteer work, but they're doing it for the Lord. And we just want to tell them we deeply appreciate their ministry today. God bless you, Brother Paul, as you lead us in prayer. Listening today, Lord, that your word have touched your, their hearts. Yes, O oh God. Wherever they may be, Lord, and may the peace of the Lord be upon them. And may he shine his face upon them and be gracious to them. Yes, And, Lord, we thank you now today, Lord, as we come to worship and honor you. And that the word that was preached here this morning will go out through all that was listening, yes, Lord, Lord, and touch them now right where they are. And with every need, Lord, that they have right now, Lord, that you will touch them wherever they are. For we do not need to be there, Lord, to lay hands upon him because the Holy Spirit is in amongst them. Lord, we thank you today for this wonderful service, Lord, and to be able to come into this presence, Lord, and yes, to play for, for you and to honor you with great joy. It is and a pleasure to play for you, O Lord, and to hear the word of God that touches our hearts and thank souls. You. And Lord, wherever it may be, and may our steps, Lord, walk in the way of you. Yes, and may be a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path, Lord, that you will walk with us each and every day of this week, Lord. We thank you in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen and amen.
just any day. 